Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. The international break is over, and we have a ton of stuff to talk about. So they know who we are. We don't need to go through that, right? I'm um, Tad. This is Marco. You're Chris. Hopefully in week Ciao. 13. Ciao, yeah. everyone. Uh, yes, welcome back. So, guys. Hey, uh, guys. <laughs> Marco just hey, arriving Marco. to the table. Uh, had an international break. Uh, what'd you guys think? Uh, first thing we got up is Italy, and uh, they won four nothing against Liechtenstein. Uh, Marco, you probably watched this game live. What'd you think? Yeah, huge match for the Italians. Well, really, the thing <laughs> to take away is that you know, again, the young players are are scoring goals. Bellotti got a brace. Um, you know, they they did a, they did away with Liechtenstein, and I'm just glad that we're not talking about how oh, they squeaked away. Oh, a one nothing win because every once in a while you do like to see these superpower teams uh, wax in some uh, some little ones. Yeah, it was cool that they called up a lot of the young players too. As we said in the last podcast, I don't know, like five or six weeks ago, whenever that was, um, that how young the Italian national team is, and for them to come up, I mean, it's a great game to play your young players. Liechtenstein, I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. Um, no offense to the wonderful people of Liechtenstein. Just joking. No shade. Who? But where? Where is Liechtenstein? Can it's right next to Germany. Okay, you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. it. I couldn't. Put yeah, it's it like on northwest map. Germany, I think. No, northwest, western Germany, like on the French border. Okay, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, it's good to see they crushed them. All right. Uh, other big news of the day for sure, and, and here in America, talking about our international break uh, woes. Basically, we lost two one to Mexico to start off the hex. And then followed up by a 4 nothing drubbing in Costa Rica, where we traditionally don't win anyway. But it results in Jurgen Klinsmann out as U.S. men's national team coach today. Guys, any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, no surprise there. Um, right after the game, they asked, what's his face from U.S. soccer? Like, about, you know, does Klinsmann have to worry about his job? And he's like, oh, well, we'll reassess and get back to you. And if that's your answer, like, you need to worry about your job. Yeah. And... You know, I think a lot of this had to do is I think Klinsman just lost the locker room because um, it seems like in the second half of that game, you know, Klinsman wants to play the, that, uh, the different style of defense and Bradley just came out and, you know, the captain's like, nah, we're, we're going to play another way. We're going to play this way. And I think at that point, there's no coming back. And we've had some success with Klinsman. Overall, I find that the national team and the coach seems to be an infuriating thing to have you know just just entity in general because things happen like you get smoked by costa rica four to zero um i don't know marco what do you think of clinton getting fired you think he deserved it yeah he deserved it and um you know there's been enough poor results that it, it was inevitable but uh i will say uh and i'm gonna echo some some stuff that kind of matt told me um matt errington we did an interview with him a couple podcasts ago and he was talking about the state of the uf soccer uh and youth development uh, and something that he mentioned Klinsman did was he got a lot stricter on U.S. US coach licensing. Um, not only that, you know, but he also, you know, found some great players abroad. I think some of the young players that are in the national team right now are a credit to Jurgen Klinsman. So he did some good. I can see him as like a sporting director, you know, type figure. I don't know if he will be now that he was coached, but um, well, maybe I think he'd, be like, he'd be like Cardiff's coach or something like uh, that. He could follow in the footsteps of Michael Bradley and go, sorry, sorry, Bob Bradley and go coach some uh, Welsh Premier League team. Yeah. I, I was talking about this uh, again after the losses. It's hard not to talk about it if you're a U.S. fan. My big question with, with everyone I spoke to was who's the replacement? Like, where's the upgrade if you do, in fact, fire him? Because all the reports now are that we're going to go back to Bruce Arena, who used to coach the U.S. team, which is, you know, I guess we're moving forward by moving back. I, I think it's time for a new coach. This guy, Caleb Porter, uh, he coached a crew last year. Um and he was actually coaching college just like three, four years ago. I think you, you know, you want to bring in some youth talent that's dealt with younger players as well. Uh, but we'll see. So you think we're going American? I, I, Caleb Porter, I think is with the Timbers now out in Portland, and uh, I. I uh, but like, we're going with an American dude. I think that's the plan because, you know, well, no, I mean, right now it's going to be Bruce Arena, but I would like to see someone American like Caleb Porter or. I don't. I forget the Kansas City what about, uh, coach. What about, what about Mourinho? <laughs> <laughs> We're just putting him in for any job now. That's right. That's, That's right. right. Um, but maybe a blessing in disguise here. Uh, Ted, how are the Pirlo shoes doing? So 
when I got them, I put out a group text to Curvy DC. I'm like, hey, check these out. Should I wear them outside or not? And like the <laughs> resounding thing was, no, you can't wear them outside. And it was like from everyone that was like 25 or younger. And it's like, what's the point of having the shoes, man? So right. I rocked them in New York. They're a little dirty. I don't care. Yeah. Spilled wine on them. Can't even see it. <laughs> Do they get better uh, with age? Yes, yes, they're they're, they're they're like a fine like a fine wine. You gotta wear them out, man. You gotta let them breathe. You yeah, know what I'm saying for sure. God, I love that. I love Excellent all the, yeah, I love all these. What 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 else? Small yay things can we say to attach? Uh, you know, to attach to the Pirlo shoes. No, they're super comfortable. Um, you know, if if I played more soccer, um, I would probably buy the regular cleats as well, and you know, rock those all the time. But they're the fresh. They're med fresh, my friend. I had just random people stopping me in the street being like, ooh, those are clean. I went into uh, – you know that you get the highest compliment when you go into a sneaker store in New York City. Uh, you know, like those ones that are down in Soho and stuff. And like the sneaker heads are like, dude, check those out. What are those? Where you get those? You got to explain to him. It's an like Italian soccer player. You know, and the, the shoe head – you're taking off the shoe and showing the cork in the bottom of it and talking <laughs> the colors Merlot. And like I had three or four people be like, "Oh, dude, Merlot is my new favorite color." I'm like, "As it should be." There you go. Unless unless you're what's unless you're Paul Giamatti and and sideways, All right. who's not drinking anymore. Who is not going to drink anymore? You know that yeah, one, Marco? Love that movie, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so there's your shoe situation. Uh, there's also been some interesting uh, news out of Liverpool, which is uh, Tad's EPL team, right? Yeah. So what do you got with uh, a potential move of an all star from there moving to the Italian league? Yeah. So. Stevie G, Stephen Gerrard, has decided not to renew his contract with the LA Galaxy. Probably, I don't, I don't know for whatever he he's he's from Liverpool, so his the sun is probably burning him too much. He can't <laughs> can't stand the wonderful weather, but um, he's been linked with like maybe a move to Celtic. Um, he's been linked with uh, taking the managerial job at MK Don, and he's been linked at like some sort of front office position with Liverpool, or even um, Jurgen Klopp saying like he has a place for him on the team, which is kind of crazy. But the one thing is, is Milan has made an offer for him. Inter, but, yeah, Inter Milan. Sorry, Inter has made an offer for him, and it's like, come on, man, for where? Like, where is he going to play in Inter? Like or I mean, is he going to be a defender? They already have Candreva, Benega, and um, Joe Mario as like their passing midfielders, and I mean, I guess would it just become unfair with Stevie G? I mean, I know he's thirty eight years old, but you know, I mean, as we've seen with Toti, like if you if you put him in the right situations, um, you know, that can that can work out. I don't know, man. I like the idea of the of the Serie A getting younger. Yeah. <laughs> let's just let's just let's keep it on this Does, track wait, what's how old is Stevie, Stevie G's son can maybe he yeah yeah. yeah I mean the, the thing is is like my boy Ian who's from Liverpool got me into Liverpool like Steven Gerrard is tied for my all-time favorite Liverpool player with Jamie Carragher um wouldn't be able to deal with him playing for Inter I would not be able to to like have to kind of like secretly wish them well or like hope Stevie G does well but I tell you what man Every striker in the Serie A right now is hoping that Stevie G stays the heck away from that league because he's going to be snapping legs in two. I mean, the guy is fearless and nasty when it comes to put him on, put him on Roma and have just have him and and uh, uh, and DeRossi go out and be the hit squad. Yeah, I think it says a lot about Inter too. Just middle of the pack team this year. Uh... Look, kind of looking for well, answers everywhere. He's not going to play in Champions League, right. um, and so why wouldn't you go to Celtic then if if, if you're going to go play? Um, he's not, yeah, he's not going to play in Champions League, and um, oh, and you get to go into that nightmare that is Inter right now with right. all the drama and everything. I mean, I, I, I'd stay away, May, yeah. but Italy's a beautiful country. You never know. <laughs> yeah, but he just exactly. did ditch LA. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, it is Thanksgiving week, so let's uh, turn our attention to that. We want to start by giving thanks. Aaron West, just a huge thank you. Uh, Marco interviewed uh, Aaron last week, I think, and uh, really great interview. Uh, Aaron writes for uh, Fox Sports. Marco, uh, how'd that go? Went really well. Aaron's a cool, real cool dude, and he is very knowledgeable on Serie A, all things European soccer. A big Juve fan, so we got some good perspective from him. Uh, again, just want to thank him and shout out to him. Just look up his articles on Fox Soccer and uh, check out his uh, podcast that he does with his friends. Uh, it's called The Special Ones with a One. Yep. So thanks, Aaron. We appreciate it. 
The rest of Thanksgiving, I wanted to bring this up for the podcast. Uh, we're all going to sit down to a big meal on Thursday. Is there any Italian food on the pod's Thanksgiving table this week? There's Thank- always Italian food at, I, at you, my house. Got to start with Marco there, yeah. So and what do we got? I, I'll tell you, man, it's, it's, you always start out. You don't always start out, but uh, it's not uncommon to have some gnocchi uh, as oh a first God. course, or maybe no some, way. or some uh, amatriciana at the beginning of the of the meal. Oh, uh, then what does Thanksgiving not need? Some, uh, gnocchi. some pasta <laughs> with some bucatini. <laughs> yeah. Ted, anything from the Midwest? Uh, any traditions? I mean, is, is is coleslaw Italian? I, I don't I, think I don't so. <laughs> it might might be from some some southern region. Um, yeah, no, I, we, we, ours is straight traditional. But when I lived in Italy, like Thanksgiving was such a huge deal. And like we would invite, like the Italians would come running because they're always looking for some, you know, some some reason to feast. But the one thing that always took me away about Thanksgiving in Italy was is finding a turkey. Yeah. Like you think that like like here you you go in and they're they're handing them out left and right. You have to like call around and find like the one butcher who'll carry it. Yeah. And you're like, so the the first mistake that I made is I just like stupidly didn't convert kilos to pounds. And so like, hey, what size of turkeys you have and he's like oh this size this size and this size and i'm like okay i guess i'll take the smallest one and it was 13 kilos no no it was enormous like we we had to like cook half of it pull it out flip it around (laughs) cook half of it it was insane and so every year like i think the smallest turkey we ever cooked was like 20 pounds whereas here like you know 10 pound turkey is fine just just massive amounts of turkey and you feel like like a dingus you know, like riding on the back of somebody's scooter, like holding this giant cardboard box. It's like bleeding. Don't forget to lean into <laughs> yeah. the turns. Yeah. I had a similar story on that just for stuffing. Uh, when I lived in Florence, the host family, like you can't get Pepperidge Farm, like any type of oh, yeah. thing like that. So it was like a huge deal. Like send that over when you get back. And so like they, they loved it. I mean, they, they couldn't get it over there and, and loved that part of Thanksgiving. Yeah, one year we had probably like 25 people and the Italians were just like going crazy and like gravy. Yeah. Gravy they just and stuffing. Yep. And green bean casserole. Like all these things that are so foreign to like the, the Italian mind. Like yeah. green bean casserole. Yeah. Que cosa green bean casserole? <laughs> and you're like, we fry green beans and yeah. throw a bunch of cream on it. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to round this all off with just... A quick statement, and I know it's not a competition, but, you know, people, like, talk about Thanksgiving here, and it's, you know, it's the meal of all meals, but Tad's lived in Italy long enough, and Chris as well, that any holiday, anytime you go to Italy in that span of, like, 10 holidays, you end up basically just hating food well, if, if you're talking about like <laughs> at just the end of it all sheer feasting it's just sunday yeah, yeah. like right. there's always this huge meal what about new jersey i gotta say because you look about as new jersey as one person can look the That's sweater right. with was there is there a beater under there or no, something there's a cross but no 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 but like oh no okay rocking the straight mafia <laughs> sh- shirtless under the sweater <laughs> with the gold chain <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think I think the, I think you might be a made man rolling around like oh. this. I think I think you get people are having to pay the pizza at like the coffee shops and stuff like that as you go by. Did you did you make money coming here? No, no. Speaking of New Jersey, uh, so Thanksgiving for us is not the big Italian uh, part of it. Christmas is all the stuffed shell, all 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 that type of uh, Italian food for sure. But I did want to uh, round this off. Uh, there's a New York Times article on this uh, very topic. There's a New Jersey family in there uh, talking about the Italian-American, what they brought over uh, when their family came over. Definitely check that out, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Woo! So, we are Curve America. We want to remind everybody, uh, while you're eating uh, this this week, maybe throw in a tweet uh, in between meals or, or uh, helping, uh, helping yourself out there. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So please send us your thoughts, comments. You can also email us at fabio at curveamerica.com. We'd love to hear uh, from you over the uh, Thanksgiving break here. Yeah, guys, spread the word right in. We love hearing from you. You've had some really interesting back and forths. Um, we're out of olive oil, but Chris is spending every weekend pressing olive oil in his Columbia Heights apartment. Um, so there is more on the way. In preparation. We asked right. Marco's mom for some more, but she is like, no, no, we have too much now. You need to save it for the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she, well, how is, how is she going to bathe in the morning if, if we keep on taking all the olive oil? 
All right. Wonderful lady. How's she going to cure my acne scars? <laughs> so, uh, you know, again, Thanksgiving meal, good opportunity to tell friends and family about the Curve America podcast. Nothing, nothing says American Thanksgiving more like gathering around the good old campfire and putting on a podcast about Italian soccer. Amen. Come one, Amen. come all. <laughs> all right. So let's get to week 13. Here's the rundown for this past weekend's games. What a week. The Serie A saw a goal-scoring frenzy with 33 goals and only one draw. Juventus wins their 34th in the last in the last 38, and Fiorentina looks like Barcelona. And Atalanta shocking the world again. And then there's Sassuolo, who we thought was the darlings. They snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. And then we rounded off with a Derby della Madonnina up in Milan. Five teams uh, within a two-point swing at the top of the table this week shaping up to be an extremely competitive league this year. And then we still have Juventus way up top. But a really good week for week 13. Guys, let's get into it. The top three games. We're going to start Juve, the team that keeps pulling away from uh, the rest of the pack. Juve played Pescara. And they won convincingly 3-0. Marco, take us away. Yeah, pretty standard stuff. Uh, you got goals from Kedira, Manzukish, and then a just beautiful goal from Hernanes. Uh, I don't know if I was too excited to see that goal from Hernanes. Yes, it was beautiful. It may or may not be my goal of the week contender. But it looked a whole lot like the goals he was scoring back when he was on OTFR. Uh, you know, kind of having some flashbacks there. Historic moment during the middle of the game. Uh, Keen, Moisa Keen, uh, first player born in 2000 to play in Serie A, just goes to show again, Serie A is becoming younger. Guys, this is the, they're comparing him to Mario Balotelli, and other than the French League, Italian Serie A is the only team who's debuted a player who's been born, who was born in 2000. God, just hearing that it makes, makes you me feel old. Yeah, right? it makes me want to find my walker, yeah. but I can't because I can't find my bifocals first. <laughs> I need to stick a horn in my ear so yeah. I can listen to Marco. God, I feel old. Yeah, congrats to Keen on that. But uh, it's kind of the result you would expect against uh, Lowly Pescara here, right? Not not a big surprise. Definitely. And they had some chances throughout the game, uh, especially th- for the first half. Uh, but look, they haven't scored any goals since they lost to Udinese in October. Uh, their top goal scorer is my man, Ray Ray, Ray Minaj. <laughs> That's right. My man, Nicky's cousin. Uh, he's only got two goals. And look, the team has 26 yellow cards and seven goals. They have more four times the amount of cards pretty much than they have goals it's like you know that's how you know they're just a lonely team down at the bottom of the table because they they foul a lot they don't score their goal their coach says that after the game you know they're playing with the handbrake on but realistically guys it's it's all about Juve this game. Yeah. Uh, Menzukic, though, man. Another goal from him. Like, how good is this team? Menzukic looks better and better every game. And this was a Juve squad. Like, does Juve even know who their top squad is? Because they throw in all these combinations, like what they might do against Sevilla this week. This week, they don't even, this against Pescara, they don't even play Buffon. Um, you know, they play Iguain and Menzukic. Um, you know, they're, they're talking about uh, uh, Stefano Stuaro. Like, he could start playing up top. They might do a three-man attack. Like, it's pretty scary with this team. Who yeah. who, who is the top Milan I, team? I wrote Sorry, it Milan, in. Juventus team. I, I wrote it in here, too. Remember Medi Benatia? He was, like, a stud for Roma. Oh, I worshipped him. Right. And, like, I completely forgot he was in the league here because he's just riding the bench for Juventus. He's out, uh, apparently, for the, for the Champions League game this week. But, like... They're unbelievable. They have so many options. It's yeah. it's really incredible. Yeah, they they got uh, Licksteiner, who has been you know a constant starter on the right wing for them over the past couple of seasons. Didn't even get called up for Champions League. Uh, got injured this ha- uh, in this game, and then Cuadrado comes in. Cuadrado, who's a great player, and he creates the first goal. Um, you know, after the game, uh, Allegri talked to Mediaset Premium, and he said this. The three points today were worth the same as the three points against Napoli or as the three points we did not get against AC Milan. So, again, it's the same type of mentality. These guys are rolling through Serie A and they even, you know, they're rolling so smoothly that they got 
Evra singing Don't Worry, Be Happy on the way to Sevilla. Now that is going to be a big game. So That's, that's the most Bilicek thing. Like, <laughs> state an obvious fact and point out that it's not obvious to everyone else. Yeah, we're going to uh, just hit three points or three points just like anyone else. And yeah, yeah we're moving on. Like, Ju- Juventus is the New England Patriots of Syria. And they were talking about Keane might start in Sevilla. Yeah. Like, I'm still, I'm baffled by this team. Who are they going to play against Roma? Right. So I will say that this game against Sevilla is huge. Uh, and even in last week's interview with Aaron, uh, we basically talked about how Juventus is focusing everything on Champions League and what they need to happen in Champions League is they need their players, people like Pjanic, who they're keeping on the bench for games like this against Pescara so that they show up against Juve well, or against Sevilla. So, you know, it, the question becomes, is it is it better to just, you know, play some of the people who are considered the second line for you? Maybe are they hungrier or is it just they need to click still because they had some big transfers come through? A lot of toys. I think yeah. Pescara is a team that like Juve's worst player is the best player on Pescara. Yeah. So they can really do whatever they want on that. Um, so much so they can drop a 16-year-old kid in, you know, to play the game. Right. Especially that's- when Manzuka seems he can do anything he wants against the lowly Serie A teams. Which I, that's the part I don't understand for them. Like at some point, you got to think playing time, right? These are premier players that, like you say, if they go to even mid-level teams, they're going to play more. Why would you sign up? Like Verratti's talking about coming back, or there's rumors for it. Really? Well, where are you going to play in this lineup? You know, I, I just don't. I well, don't. And then you see that Juventus has loaned out like half, you know, half the teams around the Serie A. Yeah, right. They're good players. Are you actually Juventus players? Yeah. Let's jump right into the next game and uh, uh, talk about Roma and Atalanta. Do we have to? The one that was near and dear to our hearts, but uh, Roma still in second place. Um, Why don't we start, guys, just a little bit of news for Roma. We're all excited with uh, Stadio della Roma. A little bit of bad news there. Uh, Looks like they're not going to get off. I'm shocked that they're not going to get a construction project off in Rome on time, but uh, that was in the news Yeah, I mean, like in other news, water is wet. Two weeks ago, they're talking about how it's getting pushed through. There's, uh, um, what's big man saying? Jimmy Pelota. Yeah, there's Jimmy Pelota. I'm sorry. Maybe I should ask Mike Piazza. Uh, Jim, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, hanging out, taking pictures with the mayor. This week, it's full stop. You know, hashtag most Italian thing ever. Um, but, you know, really interesting from Marco's article, uh, interview with Aaron West, that Roma is trying to be forward thinking by doing things that other leagues and successful teams do, and right. that's own your own stadium instead of uh, you know having the city do so. Shameless plug, if you haven't heard it, go back, hear Marco's interview, <laughs> last interview with Aaron West of Spock Sports. Right. To, uh, to this game itself, we want to thank BN. This one was actually on live TV for us uh, on the East Coast at 9 o'clock in the morning. Which, thank the Lord. Yeah, yeah, we could actually watch it without having like the, the feed break or something on us. Is Trump's America... Roma <laughs> yeah, is I don't on, think, is I don't on think we, BN. That, uh, that's just coincidence. I don't think we can give him credit for that one. Well, I blame BN for everything. Like, I stub my <laughs> toe. I'm like, oh, BN. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, so to the goals. We start off, Perotti gets one. And uh, how did he score on that? Penalty shot? Uh, what did yeah. you guys think of the shot? It was a good PK. I think the PK was warranted. And, uh, you know, Perotti is pretty, pretty uh, ice cold in front of the goal. Well, just, then the fans go... Ape. Yeah, he does. He does a slow walk up, which made me a little nervous when he shot it, because like any slow walk up, you got to finish, and he did. He did, but then, uh, but then you guys are right. The the Roma fans, I guess, eager to cheer for something since uh, they're they're not really going to the games back home, go nuts with the flares to the point where Tad's uh, favorite player, De Rossi, has to run back to the. I wouldn't say favorite player as much as like soulmate. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay. All right. Yeah, just setting the record straight. <laughs> like if if there was like a raft and I could only save one person and it's you two and Daniele De Rossi. <laughs> kind like, of figured that. Guess who my new podcast host yeah, is? Yeah, right. Right. That makes sense. Uh but yeah, so the the flares delay the restart and De Rossi's gotta go back and, and talk to them. Any uh podcast theories on on that uh from you guys on what that really was? Was it really flares? Do we think it was really flares? No, I think BN was a little little uh they they started to feel that we were getting a little too comfortable with like the nice <laughs> 
the nice smooth non-granulated uh, viewing experience <laughs> so they said you know what we'll, we'll start we'll turn on the uh, freaking dry ice machines no nah, i think it's a cameraman just like put a cigarette <laughs> to the side of the camera and like the smoke coming out <laughs> yeah. he's exactly. like yeah yeah let's let's just let's delay this yeah honestly guys though i think this game it kind of get back to the game a little bit you know roma dominated the first half and they came out a little flat and to me you know I'd like to get into talking about how well Atalanta played in the second half, which is great. But I think the story of this game for Roma is Spalletti let the team down with horrible substitutions. Yeah, and uh, Salah not finishing his chances uh, obviously didn't help. Yeah, so. I mean, you were saying at the game, like, he's got to miss four before he can make one. And they took him out after he missed four. Like, he's due now. I mean, even, mm-hmm. during, even the PK, which was a handball, um, Salah should have finished that. But, you know, anyways... Uh, yeah, I, I agree that Spalletti's subs uh, were very strange. I mean, he took out Perotti and Salah, two of the most dangerous players on the on the team in the last like three weeks. It's not like you know if you have Ibrahimovic scoring goal after goal for you, you're not gonna sub him out because he hasn't scored in half a game. Well, and what does Roma need to do at this point? They need to create chances, and these are our two best chance creators. I mean, if you want to bring on El Shaw, great, but there's other places that you could have put him, yeah. you know, to have that attack. Um, so yeah, super strange. Um, and what happened after, you know, our chance creators get subbed out, Roma just basically has to park the bus because they get totally shelled. Yeah. Um, you know, Atalanta, Gasper, Spalletti fell short. Gasparini showed huge cojones, you know, in his substitutions. He subbed on Marco D'Alessandro for Masiello. So he took out a defender added a midfielder and changed from a 5-3-2 to a 3-4-3 and then just attacked yep. there are 25 crosses after that 20 shots on goal completed 80 percent of their passes and you know come away with the victory and you know basically shock the Serie A world that's like you forget that this is a team that beat napoli and it's a team that beat inter but you after that first half you got to think that like okay yeah Roma. it's atalanta right yeah no i i thought uh that was right with with spalletti he said after the game uh when the tough get going, Roma stops playing. And I, I kind of thought that was true. I thought the game totally changed when Atalanta scored a freak goal. But the tough got going, right? And, yeah, then, the, and the then there we go. Freak goal. I mean, I, I mean, I like Caldara. I can't really give that one to him. It, was, it, it, it seems like it hit him in the face and it just went right. in. But um, it was another heartbreaker where Roma has a PK in, you know, right at the end of the game, and we're just sitting there shaking our heads. Yep. Tremendous performance. Tremendous. Who says that? <laughs> Tremendous. Tremendous. Huge. Uh, it was an incredible performance by Frank Kessie, the 19-year-old, again, showing that he is an incredible talent for the future. And uh, Gomez. Gomez yeah. uh, Alejandro Gomez. Man, he, he looked like Messi on the field. Of course he, he did against Roma. fits. That was the best game I ever seen him play. And it's, it's kind of crazy to see him get going in the last couple of games because last year he was by far Atalanta's best player, and now like as as the team around him kind of steps it up, he's taking it to another level. I mean, Atalanta, watch out! These guys are for real. Credit to Atalanta. The past eight weeks, they got seven wins and one draw. Win, win, draw. Win, 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 win. Right. And so Gasparini afterwards. Uh, Tad, you put this in here. Uh, comparison to Leicester City here. Is that is this their year? He's like. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. We'll see. They're at the top of the table, so got to take them seriously. Let's jump now to North Italy and the Derby della Madonnina. Milan versus Inter. Game Game of the the week. week. Game of the week. Podcast high five, Marco. That was unscripted. I'm going to touch my hands right now. I got a bloody nose thing about this game. (laughs) (laughs) Start off uh, with some style because we are in the fashion capital of the world. Uh, worth checking out on Instagram, Milan and Diesel Jeans, their official supporter, uh, style manager, whatever. They put on Instagram the most intense suit fitting session you will ever see. All serious, no smiles, and another problem for Inter. You, you don't show up without a style partner in Inter, in Milan. So uh, yeah, everyone just can't wear Kendrava's beard to the game. <laughs> The, the biggest takeaway for this game, uh, history matters, right? Milan, top of the table, Inter, mi- really middle of the pack. Um, you know, what do you guys think? Suzo gets gets a brace here. Um, you know, the game itself, you guys, any thoughts on it for uh, how they played? Yeah. I mean, here, here was a game that really went in waves. 
like a beautiful derby match should go. And end of the day, it was a team that was in form that looked like they were going to come out. Uh, Milan, even though they were on the back end of things in the first half, uh, you know, you had Inter pressing and pressing and pressing until Suso scores this absolutely beautiful goal. I mean, Suso is on a run right now, and I think you said it, Chris. Uh, what What's the statistic with, with Suso? He's the first Spanish guy to score on the Derby since 1963. Luis Suarez. Not that Luis Suarez. Yeah, right. Here's a guy who, you know, is just another one of these Spanish talents. He's left-footed. He scored a brace this game. Uh, so, anyways, after he scores his beautiful goal, uh, the second half opens up, and here comes Inter, you know, really pressing hard. Inter scoring a goal, getting back into the game. Candreva, beautiful goal. Should have been a foul on Locatelli, but gets away with it. Um, and then, you know, scores this rocket, which was another game of the week. Uh, I'm sorry, goal of the week, uh, you know, nominee. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was great to see Pioli. I thought coached well from his standpoint. Yeah. And I thought Montella coached well at his standpoint. <laughs> Despite what uh, Berlusconi yeah, well, so said. Yeah, so I mean, like the entrance of Berlusconi in this game, I mean, like Berlusconi to me is, is like Milan. Because when I got into soccer... He was the president of the country, and like the huge tifo uh, t- t- uh, t- in front of the game. Like apparently, I'm not the only person that thinks Berlusconi. I think Milan. Now, granted, it's his supposedly his last derby, but he's now still like fighting to claw into power, and just can't help but be crazy Berlusconi in this thing and throw <laughs> his weight around after the game. He's talking about how he wants to stay in power, and then criticizing Montella for his tactics. When this comes out the same week after Mihailovic says that, like, I couldn't even pick my team. Right. Like, he's like, he's Jerry Jones and Donald Trump put together. Like, he, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he's doing press conferences. But apparently, you know, when Mihailovic was coaching for the five seconds that he was at, you know, Milan, he wanted to put in Donnarumma over uh, Diego Lopez. And Berlusconi came running out onto the training pitch and just chewed him out in yeah. front of everything. In front of everybody, if you know anything, like Mihailovic is a big guy, yeah. and Berlusconi is like five five, yeah. and he comes strolling out, orange face, you know, <laughs> yeah. fresh off a bunga bunga party, right. you know, with Ruby the Heart Stealer, and just lays into this guy. I mean, Berlusconi, what a character! That, that's what reminded me when you talk characters. Uh, I, I wrote in here just the Soprano scene where Tony Soprano beats up his his uh, bodyguard Perry, no joke, muscles marinara. Uh, to basically show the organization, hey, I'm still in control here. Is that- this is this you subtly saying again that you want your nickname to be Muscles Marinara? <laughs> that is not a bad nickname, right? Yeah, he's wearing that red shirt. That's, That's what, right. And he he, he wants a, a tattoo of him riding a dolphin, and it says <laughs> Muscles Marinara. I'll take that. I'll take that nickname. But yeah, the definitely Berlusconi tattoo on his calf. <laughs> Uh, Berlusconi selling the team, uh, but but still clearly going to be involved uh, going forward. The one thing I'd like to point out at this game too is Kongdobia, um, you know, who hasn't been playing much, and that this inter drama, like he seems to be the only guy with a head on his shoulders. That like you know his agent says that um, you know the inter is just a stepping stone to bigger clubs, and so after the game they go and interview Kongdobia, and they're like, hey, what do you think of Frank DeBoer? He's like, not talking about him. <laughs> hey, what do you think about your agent? Uh, saying this, ignore him. Like yeah. it's not going to give press anybody anything because yeah. I mean, Icardi played terrible in this game. Right. That uh, you know, at least there's one guy at Inter that's like, you know what? I'm not getting involved. Mary J. Blige. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag no more drama. Yeah. But yeah, just a nail biter all the way to the last minute when Inter tied it up. But before that, so, uh, Suso scores another beautiful goal, gets the ball. Uh, from Baca, schools two players and finishes with his right foot, which he barely ever touched the ball with his right foot. And then in the last minute, Locatelli loses his mark, and uh, Perisic. Perisic in the back post gets the goal, rips his shirt off. Uh, there was some Milan fans leaving the stadium, uh, and uh, they got Oof. called out at yeah. the end of the game. Big mistake. <laughs> they got called out uh, by, you know, I think it was one of the reporters on BN saying, like, you know, like people leaving the game, never leave a game in the Derby match, especially if your team is winning by one, or even if it was Inter fans losing by one. Like, didn't, come on. Didn't you pay for those tickets? Yeah, right. I mean, Good like, point. come on. 
So congrats to Inter on that. Perisic getting one, uh, like we said. But uh, Pioli, this is his first game as the Inter coach. Yeah, that's pretty crazy that he's got a coach in a game in the Derby to, to start his uh, his reign here. So Inter's happy with it. I think Milan feeling like they lost three points here, but um, a well, very thank, fun Derby. Thank God. Yeah. Roma needs to stay where they're at. Yeah. All right, so that's the top three. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then start with the middle of the pack. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. All right, rolling on to the middle of the pack, we got OTFR and Genoa. Marco, you got this game. Yeah, OTFR, third place. Uh, these guys are catching up to uh, Roma. Uh, you know, it's 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 going to be a, a crazy derby, man. I... I think this one's going to be tight even towards the end of the season because OTFR right now is on a roll and they got their players firing on all cylinders. Goal of the week nominee, Felipe Anderson, who's having himself another season. Rocky, as they like to call him over on uh, the dark side of Rome. Uh, he scores. He also draws a PK, but let me just quickly describe his, his amazing finish for the first goal because ball comes bouncing outside of the box and he takes it like a side volley off the bounce coming up and and just absolutely lashes it to the back of the goal. So That, that goal was so stankin', I could smell it in D.C. Very nice goal. Um, Ocampos uh, from Genoa pulls one back on the second, uh, in the second half uh, just to, to prove that Genoa does know how to score goals because I know that Tad's kind of been uh, saying that they didn't know how to. Um, you know, but hey, Ocampos has had a game goal last week. He'd be a good player to get going. He's one of the more talented players. But they do only have 14 goals overall this season. And if you think that Roma's got 30, granted Roma's scoring a lot of goals this year, but uh, you know, just they they don't they don't score a lot of goals. And so Ocampos scoring that goal nonetheless was a positive moment for Genoa, and they needed it. Uh, however, uh, you got you know La. You got OTFR, who right now is oh, just like 50 almost, cents, 50 yeah, cents like in the we, swear like, jar. I think that, like a dime needs to be dropped in there somewhere. <laughs> you got OTFR that is just too hot right now. They finish it off 3-1. Uh, I mean, I think a couple weeks ago we were saying, you know, does OTFR have it? You know, Chiro Immobile, he's been scoring a lot of goals. So maybe as soon as he's, he stops scoring so many goals, uh, they're they're going to they're gonna fall off. But they're proving us wrong, and uh, I know they're in a good moment. So, but uh, who knows? Yeah, this what was to me what was great about this game. We're not great. There's nothing great about a OTFR victory. Um, <laughs> is Wallace? You know that 22 year old kid they picked up. He was like their one big transfer pickup besides Chiro Mobile. And they were talking about early in the week that like people were like, hey, we're, you know. Not to quote the wire, but where's Wallace? Where's Wa- I was where's- expecting that, and I'm so glad you said where's it. Where's Wallace? <laughs> you know, and, and they, they had to come out and say that like he didn't go a wall. He was awesome in this game. You know, I don't think he took a I don't think he took a bad step the whole game. And you know, for OTFR to keep going, they need to know where Wallace is. They need to have these other players that can step up and have great games. What I found most interesting in this game, though, was... even gets a goal at the end. Yeah, what I even found. Most interesting in this game, though, is is the interview with Giovanni Simeone. He was hinting after all these rumors that uh, uh, Diego might be coming to Italy to coach for Inter or something like that. And Giovanni, being kind of an up and coming Italian player, um, say that you know he'd love to have his dad coach him. And you know he ain't going to Atletico, yeah, right. so maybe he's got some inside track that maybe uh, Diego Simeone is coming to Syria A. And gonna you know pick up this inter mess and you know maybe sign Steven Gerrard. <laughs> a lot going on, a lot of rumors coming out of Inter this uh, this week. So let's keep going with the middle of the pack. Again, I'm gonna be surprised until they they get out of here. But Napoli uh, also in the middle of the pack. Uh, they play Udinese and they take the game two one. Uh, Tad, you got this one. Yeah, Insigne nets a brace in this game. They 
absolutely dominate from start to finish. Um, this was a game that Napoli needed, and they got it. Right. They dropped points to Roma and Juve in October, but they do what a team that wants to contend for the title can do, is you can lose those games. They beat Crotone, they beat Empoli, and now Udinese. you got to take three points from the lowly teams. Um, and Insigne, I mean, we even tweeted out before the game started that he was scratched with a fever, that he was sick, and that they were actually going to start Jacarini in his place. Well, Jacarini did come on, um, you know, in the in the like the sixtieth minute, but not after Insigne nets a brace. So maybe this guy who's in a contract talk right now and you know wants to show that he's going to be earning, you know, wants to earn double what Napoli is offering him is you know being Napoleon, putting club before self, and having just a super inspired performance in this game. Um, Udinese, not a whole lot to say about him. They got crushed. HDCT. You know, was nowhere to be found, had a pretty poor game. Padica, you know, came on as a sub and scored. But, you know, Marco, in a game like this with Napoli coming out with their fresh Lette jerseys, long sleeves, you know, with the, with the Coppa logo, is this a game that, sh- that re, you know, reiterates to you that Napoli is a top three team in the Serie A? Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but, you know, again, these are the games that are important to win just because uh, Udinese has been having some decent results as of late. Uh, and Udine- and Napoli needs to, you know, stay on track with the rest of the league. Again, we did say that there's a two-point gap between second and fifth, but there's a, a couple teams in there. Uh, and so they've got to win these games. Yes, uh, you know, I was, I was happy to see that Insigne was getting back on the score sheet. Uh, because every once in a while you feel like Insigne is dropping out of favor. Yeah, he hadn't uh, scored in 17 games. But, you know, all in all, Napoli's stacked team. Uh, don't think they're going to be at the top of the table at the end of the year, but they will be in the Champions League cont- contention. And good news coming out of the Napoli camp is that Milik trained with a ball, and they're saying he might be back in January. Is ACL like out no. for two weeks now? What yeah. Does Berardi, what happened to him? Yeah, He's right. been out, like, <laughs> Since August. <laughs> Okay, so we're out with uh, Napoli, still in contention for moving up, but uh, we'll keep going with middle of the table. We got Fiorentina and Empoli next. <laughs> Anytime yeah. Empoli is involved, you know it's a good game, right? Oh, Huge I, I, Tuscan <laughs> derby, though. I, I jump all over Empoli, yeah. Um, I mean, at some point, do you think that Fiorentina looks at this game, the, the Tuscan derby, and is like, yeah, Empoli's had a couple of you know good games, and they, they crushed somebody 4-0 last week. But do you think Fiorentina looks at them, and they're like, come on. Um, Bernadeschi, Ilicic, and uh, I always stutter when I say this guy's name, Tatarusanu, um, all had man-of-the-match performances. They were yeah. all really good. Um, Bernadeschi keeps on beating up on the younger half, you know, the, 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 the bottom half teams. He's got three goals in his last three games. He has six goals and ten starts. You know, him and Sousa are really on the same page. And Empoli came back to be an Empoli. Big Mac, you know, tried to do what he could for him. Sampanaro, Sampanaro. Follows up a great game last week with just an absolute stinker this game. And Skrupski looked about as good as one person can look in a 4-0 drubbing. He had some saves of the week contenders in this one. He's absolutely on his head. Marco thinks he's going to end up at Barcelona next year or something like that. Man, I'll tell you what, the way he's playing. And all you got to know is, you know, if you played at Roma the year before, that's that's why Barcelona is not looking at him right now, you know, because they know that it's just he's just a, a year off of a, a Roma contract. That's <laughs> you know, don't give him too much credit. Yeah, you know, Fiorentina win four zero, they jump up the table. I think they're eighth with twenty points. Yep. Um, so they've broken out of the teens in the twenty. Um, next week they have um, a test against Inter. And I think if, you know, they could, that's games in Milan. If they can go to the San Siro, if they can get a result from there. Um, but I think they're going to have to score a lot of goals to do it. And credit to Bernadeschi and Ilicic, who both had braces in this. Fantastic goals. So maybe they stay hot against Inter going forward. All right, Tad, you're on fire here with the middle of the pack. We got Cagliari and Chievo. Yeah, He's so hot, Tad. I know, come on. I mean, I'm too hot right now. I can't get... get... What's, that? What, what's, the, what's the Bruno Mars line? Gotta, 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 gotta kiss myself. I'm so pretty. Um, yeah, so I pick, I pick these games, and apparently it just works out this way. But yeah, Calorie Kievo, you know, if you watch this game, there was nobody there. I mean, it was ear. There's like 15 dudes, and then like like 30 
you know, 14 of them are cardboard cutouts. No <laughs> one turns up to watch the game thinking it would be a snoozer, and neither team really did anything to um, to disappoint that thought. Kieva wins 1-0. Um, goal, by, uh, goal by Dobby's brother, though. Yeah, Dobby from Harry Potter has a brother. And he's a 36-year-old defender for Kievo named Gobi. Lucas looks like like four or five other defenders in uh, in Serie A. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup, man. (laughs) I mean, it's just it's incredible. But um, yeah, Lucas Castro had a pretty good game this game. But I think the one thing to take out of this, other than Bruno Alves's man bun, which (laughs) Chris was really excited about, gotta put that. Text me right. He's like, dude, are you seeing Bruno Alves's man bun right now? Coming (laughs) back, dude. It's 4 a.m. (laughs) <laughs> go to sleep i was gonna say don't you have work tomorrow yeah um, <laughs> is that calorie is flailing um they're the team that if you're t- t- team the syrian you need to win that's the team you go beat um and kievo really needed to win they hadn't taken three points since they beat pescara back on october 1st and they even lost to Catone in that span. <laughs> and they're oh, they're in tenth with eighteen points. So I think it goes to show they had a hot start. We hyped them up to begin with. They've definitely come back down to earth. They needed three points. They got it. Yep. Okay. Sampdoria and Sassuolo's up next. Sassuolo, man, just the clock has struck midnight for them. They continue to fall in this one. Uh, they lose this game. Marco, you got it. Well, you got a game. Let's just fast forward to the last 30 minutes because nothing really happened until then. Uh, when Sassuolo scores two goals, and here we go. Away from home, you know, uh, my man Berardi still not back. Uh, they go up two goals, and you think this is the result that Sassuolo needs right now to potentially turn around their season. I know that's kind of, um, you know, maybe hyping it up a little bit too much. But guess what? Uh, you know, the way things have been going with Sassuolo as of late, uh, they're going to get, you know, some, some, uh, something's going to happen and it's probably not going to be to their benefit. Last 10 minutes of the game, I swear, Sampdoria just, this, they realized they were playing in front of their home fans. And I think Giampaolo at the end of the game even said, we credit this game to our, our fans because they, they really pushed us to the end. Uh, we got Quagliarella who scores his 100th goal in Serie A, which is great. Uh, except for the fact that they're down 2-1 to Sassuolo at home. There's freaking eight minutes left. And this guy is running to the fans. He's showing them he's wearing an undershirt with the 100 under. <laughs> then he runs over the, to, the, to, to the coach. And he gets his like 100 goal Quagliarella Sampdoria shirt. And shows it to the fans. If I was the fans, I'd be like, get back on the side. And we got to score two more, another goal. At least tie this thing up. Well, luckily, Quagliarella gets the assist. After another six minutes, uh, and then he, Muriel, who scores the second goal to tie it, uh, scores the third goal in the at the very end of the game. Uh, you feel for Sassuolo, man. They are just just getting waxed right now, left and right. Do you guys think that Europa League and Serie A is just too much for Sassuolo? Is that what it is? It's, yeah, that and injuries. That and yeah, Berardi's been been out since since August. Politano's I, hurt. Like they got so many so many of their play. They're you know two of their back. Their captains hurt. Um, definitely too much for a provincial team. I mean, Di Francesco's apparently losing his mind these days. Um, they're only seven points out of the relegation zone, which they're we're, they're in Europa. What's going on here? You know, it's crazy. But even with all these, you know, injuries, I mean, you you, you get a, an opportunity against. Uh, Sampdoria, who's not the greatest of teams, uh, but I think these Francesco says it best. They were naive, absurd, and hard to digest the way they played at the end of the game. Um, you yeah, know, he said it was even. It, it was he. It would be better if he didn't even turn up. Congratulations to Quagliarella for that hundredth goal, um, and it really looks like Muriel and Quagliarella might be scoring enough goals by the end of the season to uh, keep Sampdoria in a, in a in a comfortable spot. Can we get a hashtag for them? Hashtag Marie Quags or something like that. Babyface killer, hashtag yeah. Quags. <laughs> Babyface killer for Muriel to get in a brace in the last 10 minutes and pull it off for your team. Well done. All right, guys. That uh, gets us through the middle of the pack. Now it's just down into the the very bottom, the relegation zone. Somebody open up the cellar door. We need to go down and uh, and see what monsters are lurking the down there. The grundle of the league. Yeah. We're going to start with Palermo. They played Bologna. So Palermo's just very comfortable, I guess, in the uh, relegation zone. Heads up to Deserbi after today's news. Uh, Klinsman's available. 
So if uh, if that's a, a target for anybody, that's what you need. You need you need that little little German touch down in the in the Sicilian capital. Yeah. Uh, biggest highlight uh, for Palermo in the game. You got Nestorowski coming through. They, they, he does seem to be their top goal scorer. Um, and uh, he got but, wrapped up at the end of the game with his head. Yeah, no, man. We it's like <laughs> concussion protocol. He's got like a little bandage and a hairnet. I think there must be. I think there's got to be a button where there's just hit a button and then the minions come out and like wrap your head, no matter like what what your ailment is. Yeah. So but Nestorowski. I mean, he's got seven of Palermo's ten goals. Is he going to fall in line with like kind of uh, uh, Edison Cavani and DiBala who played there? Is the is he the next big thing out of Macedonia since Philip II and Alexander the Great? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, um, Read yeah. my blog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, your blog <laughs> my on mind. of ancient history. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, not not many positive stories coming out of Palermo. I thought I saw that there might be a Christmas sale with the team again. That seems to be an ongoing thing. Um, but, you know, really the focus should be more on Bologna. Um, we have six straight defeats for Palermo, and it's the worst in the history of the Serie A. Again, Deserbi, we keep on having the firing watch and maybe even jokingly throwing Klinsman's name out there. But I think part of it is is that Zamperini is trying to sell the team's got to pay him 1.5 million euros yeah. to go away. And at that point, you're like, ah, who cares if we lose? Make it the next guy's problem. Yeah. Uh, for Bologna, you got goals from Destro. Zeb Mali and Viviani, um, and so 3-1 for, for them. Uh, the quote from Donadoni, who, small fact, uh, uh, Donadoni was a former Metro star who used to be on my wall. Uh, I've been waiting for like three weeks to say that. Uh, so he played in the U.S. But uh, he, he said with this game, uh, you know, it was good for uh, just the mental perspective of, of winning this game was important, which makes sense. you got to beat Palermo. Simple as that. I like how Mattia Destro, you know, he scores the uh, the goal to tie Palermo at home and uh, does his usual thing of going insane and jumping over the freaking the uh, the advertisements and running to the fans. Like, dude, it's one one against Palermo. Are you trying to like waste time right now? Like, I wonder what his hundredth goal is gonna be. <laughs> goal celebration is <laughs> gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna put Quags to shame. He's gonna uh, shave his head on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Start handing out pieces, it's locks of his hair to people in the crowd. <laughs> so there you go. Congrats to Bologna, three-one uh, victory. We'll round it off with Crotone, and they play uh, Torino. So I guess Tad, you were middle of the pack. These are my games down in the basement. Uh, bring it up here. Uh, Torino, first of all, Dude, are you gonna find out uh, where Jimmy Hoffa is with those notes, man? What do you mean? Like, like th- this, this is like making a murderer right here. Like, you're gonna get to like the chicken bottom scratch. Of it. If yeah. you didn't know, if you didn't know better, you'd think that Chris was working on his novel over here. He's got like pages with like, like scratches all. I take over the them. podcast seriously, man. You well, got, you guys got to step up your game. I think it's more of the point that Keen would have no idea what's going on here because you're straight analog in a digital world. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Uh, so starting with uh, Torino here. Uh, first of all, credit to the fans who went the entire peninsula, went all the way down from Torino down to Crotone to support their team. Uh, just that is a long distance uh, to go see a, a pretty much an in- inevitable victory. Uh, but the big story here is Belotti, Il Gallo, the rooster. Uh, he gets uh, his ninth on the season first off with uh, a through ball. That's his first goal. And then he gets a brace later. Uh, just a low laser beam to the corner near post. <laughs> so there's your rooster there's for the Belotti. There's pepper coughing again. Yeah, that pepper. woke everybody up on the podcast. <laughs> uh, and that's it. I mean, Crotone, there, there's really just, just nothing to talk about positively. Unfortunately, uh, uh, I'm sure it's lovely down there uh, this time of year. But other than that, I got nothing. Yeah, they might have to walk around all week with a big red handprint on the side of their face. As Torino knocked the taste out of their mouth, Torino looking fresh though in yeah. those Coppa jerseys they rock with the with the sash. Yeah, very nice jerseys. Crotone, I will say, you can start to see the frustration. Like it, it just seems to be setting in, like out on the field. That I don't know if that's going to inspire something or what, but they were angry. Which... They're like, can we play Chievo again? Please? Yeah, right, right, exactly. Or Palermo. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, yeah, we should mention Joe Hart, too. Uh, he, he put on Instagram, uh, the Torino fans apparently were in uh, Wembley up in England for the international break, which he appreciated, and it was a story up uh, up there. So 
Torino fans doing all you can to keep uh, Joey Bag of Donuts as your goalkeeper. Uh, hopefully he stays after next season. I thought that was classy. Uh, and I think Belotti now is the capo canonieri. I yeah, get to say it again. Yeah, and Jacko. Yep. Ten goals. So good for him. Uh, so Torino, you know, another force to be reckoned with, with Belotti scoring goals and, and Joe Hart staying strong on the back with another clean sheet here. And Belotti is a great segue into, guys, it's that time of year again. That's right. Transfer rumors. That's right. January's Yay. just around the corner. Yeah. So there's a big story right now in in the country of just fake news and why that's a problem for the country. Clickbait. There we go. Let's let's start the rumors with transfer market stuff and and reading things that simply aren't true. So Lionel Messi wrote in his diary that he's going to be coming (laughs) to play for Roma. um, Or some guy uh, in his yearbook said, hey, in 2017, Cristiano Ronaldo is going to play for Juventus. And in his in his 2009 yearbook, no, but there's some interesting stuff out there. Um, and I think with all these all the talent that's been in the Serie A this year, and a lot of people playing from non traditional powers playing really well, um, that the big clubs are really starting to take notice um, and and make these um, you know inquiries or start making news, uh, uh, start making noise that they want these players. Babyface killer, the babyface assassin Muriel, he's been linked to both Chelsea and uh, Napoli for $25 million. Um, Belotti, apparently everybody and their dog wants him. Um, you know, he's going to have Pepper cough on him because even Pepper wants him. <laughs> uh, you know, Liverpool, Everton, Arsenal, Dortmund, PSG. I mean, who doesn't want him? He's shaping up to be the best center forward. I mean, he's, he's, he's the return of Vieri. Yeah. I just love I love this you know time of year. Uh, I guess you know as as you start getting towards the holidays, you know people's fantasies start uh, you know getting uh, start firing off. And uh, even Rai reporter Chido uh, Venerato, uh, I guess he told Radio CRC that Keita's agent met with Napoli, uh, and then at that point you know Keita's agent comes out and says. Uh, I think uh, Venerato needs to update his his software. Is what he said, which is an interesting comment. But ooh, just, sick burn. Yeah, just to get, just to just you know, you got people literally making a living off of this of this uh, this trash. Yeah, as, I, as an American fan, you just start to appreciate how we seem to do it here in the states. Like, if there's no credible source, it doesn't seem to get reported for trade rumors and stuff. Yeah, thank God it's that way. Yeah, and if you want to be like put it out on Twitter, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna listen to it. Yes, yeah, so we got Keita to Napoli. You know, it seems like Koulibaly is being linked to uh, to Chelsea. Um, yeah, I mean the the ones that really scare me though are Witzel and Verratti to yeah. Juventus because Juve just please be quiet during the during yeah the... don't get Verratti yeah you can have Witzel but Verratti is. He's got to go anywhere but that. Very unlikely that a player of that stature goes uh, mid-year. He just costs too much money, uh, and there has to be some real dealings around players like that. But definitely Witzel, um, you know, big possibility. He was supposed to come at, or in the beginning of the season, so yeah. there's a good chance that he'll he'll probably end up showing up in, in January. Insigne, because they're having problems with his contract, apparently he wants five mil. De Laurentiis only wants to give him two and a half. Um you know that that he could go, but it seems like every three seconds we're talking about Insigne is going to go to Liverpool. And again, <laughs> who's lurking in this one? Liverpool. Um, the two ones that the one that shocks me and the one that I like. Um, the one that shocks me is Diawara. Apparently, is already seeming to to get out of Napoli. Um, that Chelsea's looking to pay forty or fifty million, but it seems like Chelsea, like Conte's just going to go around and say he's going to spend a whole lot of money on anybody in the Serie A. But the other one was Marco told me was Defrel to Roma, and I really like that prospect. And that's realistic, uh, only because Sassuolo's not doing great. Uh, Defrel is showing that he is uh, a really good player, and uh, Salah will be going to the African Cup of Nations, and Roma is not going to make that mistake again. Uh, and oh, hopefully man. they don't pick up what was his name. Oh, there. Oh, what was his name? <laughs> 
um, Dumbia. Yeah, hopefully they don't pick up Dumbia. And who was the some... other who's the other bald guy that we had? And Ibarbo. Ibarbo, yeah. You were so hyped on Ibarbo. Honestly, Ibarbo was injured, but you know, I, I I hope that they don't make the mistake and pick up, you know, somebody who is actually coming out of the African Cup of Nations as well. But they do need somebody to replace Salah as he's gone for that period because he, despite missing all these chances, is their most dangerous player at the moment. Yep. All right, so that gets everyone caught up on the potential rumors as we head to the uh, the winter break here. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more going forward. But let's but, deal in the tangible. Let's hand out some awards. That's right. Week 13 highlights. Going around the pod, let's start with the best goal. What did you guys think uh, for week 13? Mark, I'm going to let you take one of this one first because I might steal yours and have a backup. I, you know, was going to say Kandreva originally, but I had to, I guess, give it to another OTFR old player. <laughs> uh, Hernandez really had a, uh, or Hernandez had a really nice goal um, against uh, Vizcada, just kind of rolling back the years. And uh, he has a nice little celebration, too. He's got like that judo backflip. I'm going to keep it with the Beard family. I'm going to go with Kandreva. It strikes like those that just make me think that the amount of athleticism and skill it takes to play soccer blast one you know on the dribble in open play um, from about 30 yards out that just no chance um, uh, for for Donnarumma to save it unbelievable I'm gonna give it a tie for uh, both Fiorentina's braces uh, Ilicic and uh, Bernadeschi both had great shots uh, between the four goals well done uh, all right. On the other end, best saves, guys. Who do you got for uh, for great games there? I'm going to s- stick with the guy we've been talking a lot of because he gets a lot of goals shot on him, Skorupski. He had a back-to-back save. Valero, who actually played really well for Fiorentina, even though we didn't bring him up. He was straight nasty. He juked, had one that went lo- went into the lower corner. Uh, uh, Skorupski sprawls out, saves it, gets back up just in time to fully extend, jump sideways, and bat down an absolute Bernadeschi laser. I mean, Bernadeschi could have had four goals in this game. Yeah. I thought that uh, Posevich, despite all his uh, bloopers this year, had an amazing save in the beginning of that game against Bologna. Check it out, guys, uh, in, the, in the highlights. is you know, the kind of save that you think, oh, maybe today's their day, but it wasn't. Yeah, that was actually mine too. Uh, Krejci had a breakaway, uh, and and Posovic stood his stood his ground and uh, saved it. So, Krejci one on one, if you're the goalie, is tough to beat because he's a pretty he's got genius ankles. Oh, copyright that genius ankles. I like. <laughs> I took it from any given Sunday. Okay, <laughs> Steam and Willie Beeman had genius ankles. Uh, I didn't know that. All right, uh, player of the week, guys. How about that? Who had a great week thirteen? I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Suso. He had an amazing game against uh, Inter. It was funny, you know, when when they zoomed into him at the end of the game, um, he seemed the most distraught out of everybody. Maybe he was a little bit selfish because he knew he had such a good game, uh, and then Inter ties it up at the very end, kind of uh, you know diminished some of the glory. But he had an incredible game. Two very good goals as well. Um, I'm gonna stick with Atalanta in this one. Uh, Kind of a tie. I'm going to pull a cheap one like Chris did. But the, the, the pincer attack between Alejandro Gomez, Papu, and Frank Kessie, Roma had no answers. They were both incredible and dynamic and had huge contributions in this, just the stunning upset that Atalanta pulled against Roma. I'm going to take Napoli's Insigne on this one. Uh, I'm, you know, again, shocked that Napoli's not in the top three and for the fact that they that his goals keep them in uh, competition for one of the top three spots. Uh, well done this week for Insigne. Yeah, it was the Michael Jordan game, man. Comes out and rocks it yep. despite having the, the, the fever. All right, guys, let's uh, look ahead. We got week 14 over the Thanksgiving weekend. Who are your big games there? For me, my big game is going to be Torino versus Chievo. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if Belotti can continue this incredible streak. I think Joe Hart has the opportunity to put another clean sheet on Chievo, but Chievo really needs to capitalize on their, their, their this three points they took in the worst game of the week and really bring it if they're going to win um, in Turin. I'm going to go unconventional and say Bologna versus Atalanta because, yes, Atalanta is coming off a hot result and they are coming off a very good form. Um, let's see if they can beat a team like Bologna 
Bologna who's been struggling and um, it's away from home. Uh, and so I just, you know, I really like Atalanta right now, despite what they just did to Roma. Let's see if they can keep it rolling. I'm uh, going to go with the last game of the week, Inter and Fiorentina. They both need results here. Uh, they're both middle of the pack teams. Let's see if Inter can keep it going. They, they really do uh, both need it. So uh, that should be an interesting one to watch. All right, guys, I think that's it. We uh, did pretty well there. We do have uh, some middle-of-the-week games with champions in Europa. Marco, you want to take us through the middle-of-the-week games? Battle at the top of the group for Sevilla versus Juventus. Uh, I would say it's the game of the round other than the Arsenal-Paris game. Um, but uh, if Juventus wins this game, they're going to be basically clinch the top. Um, no. Both of these teams are at the top of their group. Uh, I think whoever wins this game will put themselves in pole position to clinch the group. I'm also really interested to see the team that Allegri comes out with. Him talking about a three-prong attack, so many players in form, no Iguain. This could be very interesting. Napoli versus Dinamo Kiev. Napoli will put themselves in good position to win this this group. Uh, they're second right now uh, with seven points, but they really you know need to win against Dinamo Kiev because Besiktas. And Benfica, they were looking very dangerous. And Napoli has to play Benfica the last game. Uh, for Europa League on Thursday, for the Thanksgiving games, you got uh, Bersheva versus Inter. Inter, if they don't win this one and they have to win it, they're going to be done. Uh, so I think if they're going to win this game and then maybe beat Fiorentina, they're back on track. Unbelievable to say. Uh, Fiorentina's at the top of their group. They're pretty safe, but they play PLK. It's not so, good. So it's not it's, great. Yeah, just Pennsylvania. It's not, it's not good. It's yeah. not great. <laughs> PA, okay. And that's what that team is too. So Roma plays against Victoria Plesen. Uh Roma also looking to clinch. Again, all these Italian teams looking to clinch other than Inter. And then Inter, uh, Atletico Bilbao versus Sassuolo. I guess at the beginning of the season, we were saying this is a huge game. Sassuolo is really down. Uh, but they still, with five points, um, are in good shape because... But Bilbao um, and Ghent only have, have six points. So uh, Sassuolo all to play for. Guys, this is going to be a great week, I think, for Italian league in uh, Europe. In Europe. So Yeah, it's nice to see the Italian teams taking it seriously. Hopefully we can get some great results. Forza Serie A. Yeah. Plus we get to see it. You kind of made my day there. I get to be home for Thanksgiving and probably we'll be able to watch Roma play. I like that. So that'll do it, guys. Week 13 in the bag. Looking forward to the Europa Games and week 14. Uh, check out our special interviews again. Uh, Aaron West, uh, great interview we dropped last week if you haven't seen that. And find us on social media, uh, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Fabio at CurveAmerica.com. Love to hear from you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Until next week, ragazzi, we say. Arrivederci. Bone Thanksgiving. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao.